0: Welcome to Friday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com. He's Jeff Fiegels. I'm Lance Meadow. Good to be with you for the next 60 minutes. Big Blue Kickoff Live brought to you by Coors Light. Mounting Cold, to freshman, made to chill. 201-939-4513 is the telephone number. You can also chime in via hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter. We'll get to some NFL news and notes, and then we will open up the dialogue. With respect to the combine, as well as the draft, a lot happening across the NFL landscape. But Jeff, probably the biggest story of all is some of the latest developments with respect to the collective bargaining agreement, because they are entering the final year of the CBA. But the NFL, as well as the Players Association, they're trying to see maybe they can get a new deal done, and then they don't have to worry about the uncertainty following 2020. So the owners have approved their side. Now it's going through the process of whether or not the players are going to approve it clearly is a lengthy process i think the most interesting part of this is some of the reports we're hearing about changes to not just the playoff structure but also the roster size whether it be the active roster and the practice squad and you know that to me is maybe one of the biggest takeaways thus far that we're hearing out of these negotiations
1: and what what was the number that they came up with i know that the active roster obviously everybody knows 53 man uh, then on game day it's 48 48 it?
0: correct well the and, plan is it's going to go from 53 to 55 so okay. they're going to add two roster spots to the active and then it goes from 46 to 48 on game day Okay. So you still so, have seven inactives. Yep. But you basically have increased the number by two.
1: Yeah, you and also I I read a little bit you know there's there's information coming in from everywhere on this thing so it's not ironed out completely but to get to your question is there they made a good one and that is that, because we always talked about this, we're a healthy scratch for an offensive lineman. We used to call him the the all-inactive team, the <laughs> guy that made 16 weeks of being inactive, right? Um, never got in a uniform on game day, but got paid. So they're going to be able to have this guy like a third-team quarterback, so if they need it. Because what happens is, we've seen it with the Giants. Uh, you're down to the nitty-gritty with the lineman, and you got then you got to bring a tight end to play right tackle. Um, so they're going to be able to have an offensive lineman available like a third team quarterback, but this only makes sense because you know, why not the, the, the money's going up, everything's going up. You're going to be able to afford to pay two more players. Um, then your practice squad is just as important because you've seen years past with the giants where. You know they're they're really going into the practice squad to to feel the team on on Sunday because of the injury. So gives you a couple more spots there. I know if you're a practice squad player, just by reading some of the thing, that's also going up. Salary's going to go up. Um, I think these guys were going to make around ten thousand five hundred dollars a week. You know that's a good paycheck for somebody that's just practicing really Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday um practicing you know you're around the facility just like anybody else but that's a great way to move on to that 53-man roster and it's a great way for somebody to snag you off that 53-man roster so gives uh two extra guys for 32 teams think about that that's that you know that's another 60 players into the league um whether you know it's a guy that you need another kicker for a week because one of them is hurt you can bring another guy in there so those are good things and then of course there's tons of other things that are going to go on there. The expansion of the playoff system. I mean, that's one. The 17th game. Interesting how they were able to. Paragraph five is a big one, folks. Paragraph five. All the NFL contracts are the same, and I've got mine since the day I started. They're all the same. Um, paragraph five is where your salary is in. That's a big one. That's the best. And paragraph an important in one there. too. Yeah. <laughs> so when you hear of paragraph five, that's what it has to do with in an NFL contract. And now they're they're they're. Talking about paragraph five for a 17th week is where you're going to be able to make that kind of money. How do you pay somebody in the 17th week when you're giving them a 16-week contract? And I think that they they basically have said they're going to pay each player $250,000 up to $250,000. Now, this is what a couple things that in my mind happen. If I'm one of the guys that's making millions and millions, I'm taking a pay cut for the course, 17th yeah. week. But if I'm one of the young guys, okay? Then I'm make you know I'm gonna make some money Maybe for that seventeenth week. Now is is, yeah. is is it, it two hundred fifty thousand up to two? So I don't know how they're gonna classify like a second. Is gonna get? A, is everybody getting two fifty for the seventh week?
0: I don't know that. that. I'm not exactly sure. I I think that two fifty was a number that was thrown out, but like anything else, things get yeah, ironed saying, out as the yeah. process. But so, that was the way that they viewed it in the one seventeenth yeah. perspective.
1: Yeah, I, and I also know this: if they, if if the players don't agree with this. This is going to be tabled now until next year. They're not. This is not going to be ongoing. They're not going to start talking about this again. There's, there was a, a dead date. There's a date in March.
0: Well, because if they don't get anything done, franchise tags can be given out and transition tags on Tuesday. So, Jeff, that means that teams have to know how they're going to operate because here's the thing. That's a big deal. Oh, it's huge because if they don't get the new CBA hammered out before Tuesday, then everyone uses two tags.
1: That's right. If they get the new
0: CBA, now all of a sudden we're back to the old format. Everybody only uses one tag. So, the, the time is a crunch right now. And the They're going to have to work this out. And the or other, and the other it, thing is is
1: that the June 1st designation, is that going away? Is it coming back? I don't know, but right now there is none. So, you know, there's guys on your roster that the teams would love to get rid of right now or restructure contracts and put that future money back like out towards it, but you can't do it right now. If this passes, wait till you see how many guys get cut here soon Okay, and designated as a June 1st. There's going to be a lot of them um, coming through there. So... There's a lot of things that are in this deal, and I, I just feel like I just hope I just hope two things. Number one, I hope the players understand and there's people that are guiding these players about this and making sure that this is something that they want, um, that they don't just sell out for it. I mean, listen, it's a lot, a lot of money. The, 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 the percentage that the players are getting is moving up. The billions of dollars we're talking about here. Um, and the second thing is, please, not so much for me. I'm a healthy guy. I can walk around. I can play golf. But please do something for these players. Uh, They call them the pre-93 guys. You know, the guys that really need some help with the pension plan and for retired players, some benefits. Give them some stuff. I'll take it. Of course I will. Yeah. But, I mean, my point is that there's a lot of other people that need it more than I do.
0: And there is a section... I know ESPN's Adam Schefter put together a nice fact sheet yeah, at the NFL that PA, last night. Yeah. and there is a part for former players and how it affects the pension and so forth.
1: And I was reading even further, there was one put out by FAIR, which is a, an organization that's been trying to get some money for the pre-'93 guys, because the pre-'93 guys really, they weren't part of the old the, the CBAs when they extended these. They didn't get a lot of the benefits that they that they did. They want them included in that, which they – the. The proposal is that they're going to include everybody from 2012 down, so that'll include the pre-93 guys. Now we're talking about pension money. So if you were to if you were to receive $300 a month um, for every year that you played prior to 1993, excuse me, um, now you're going to get $550 where before it was like $250. So they're going to get a big bump with that, and that's just you know so you played 10 years, and now it's $550, you're getting $5,500 where before you only got 2500 So that gives you an idea of how big of a bump that is. There's also, I read in there about college, they're going to help the uh, the retired guys with college tuition. Um, Which I thought was nice, yeah. Um, also, this is another big one. This is actually really big. Um, they're going to have hospitals in the, in the areas where you live that are designated for you to go to for preventative health care, surgeries, rehab, stuff like that that is put on through the nfl that's a big one because you know what everybody that played this game has got injuries and eventually as you get older they creep up and guys need help like this and you know it's 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 that's a big one so listen we're going to find out a lot more about it once it's approved and i know that now it's going to the national the nflpa they have to approve it um the every team has representatives yeah once the representatives say yes this is good then it goes to a vote for the whole league And then when the whole league votes on it, then it's approved.
0: Yes, 75% of the player reps for the individual teams, they have to approve it. Then it goes to the entire body, and the majority of the entire body has to approve it. So there's multiple steps, to your point, Jeff, within the NFLPA.
1: Well, and I think that, you know, we talk about multiple steps, but it's going to happen quickly. I mean, just yesterday, the NFL owners voted on this because they were all convened here in New York to be able to—they voted on it. Um, It wasn't unanimous, but it did get through. And then the fact now that the NFLPA and their representatives have to vote, and like you said, they keep going through. So I would imagine that this is going to get done or not get done definitely before the franchise stuff comes out quickly, probably early next week.
0: Yeah, well, like you said, Tuesday, it's a Tuesday. is right here. I didn't know. What to so, know okay, yeah, yeah, so Tuesday, Tuesday, February 25th, you know what, Jeff, so is so this the is first day the this, this is give probably out one of those
1: emergency uh, deals where it could happen over the weekend. You know, they oh, get the players, you know, yeah. you know, so there's a, a way that the players are going to be able to cast their vote somehow or electronically or as long as it's not in Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's kind of a jab.
0: Uh, well, I, I know exactly where you're okay. going. I'll leave maybe the political nuances yeah. of your comment to a, another day so we don't ruffle too many feathers. The points that you were bringing up, I just want to expand on earlier yeah. in terms of the roster changes, because sure. this, I think, is something that, impacts everybody evenly across the board so we talked about the active roster okay now the practice squad that you were referring to the plan is it's right now 10 10 players on the practice squad it's going to go up to 12 this year then it would go to 14 in 2022 so they would progressively increase it but here's the most interesting aspect jeff when they get to 14 and even when they get to 12 this year two of those practice squad spots are going to be designated to players that have no limit on accrued seasons. So the way I interpret that, oh, wow. Jeff, so I you can put in. correct. You can put somebody I'm like going yourself. back on the practice squad. The practice squad. <laughs> no, because remember the whole thing was, oh well, we can't put them on the practice squad. We got to put them on the active roster, or else we lose them.
1: That's right. Well, it gives a, uh, listen, and this this is good for the players. One hundred percent. This is good for the players because if you're one of those guys that cannot, you're not what's the word I'm looking for? You're not eligible for the practice squad and you can't get a job because you're just what you said. I'm not going to put you on the active roster. You know, you're going to get the league minimum, which by the way, those are all going up too. Yep. gives the guy. And this is going to be a guy that's probably been in the league seven, eight years. That's kind of like, you know, that the team said, you know what? We want you to practice with this for a couple of weeks because we need a middle linebacker. You don't know the system yet. And then you can come in here and play for a couple weeks on our practice squad and get some reps. And then we're going to activate you.
0: Yeah, I'm in agreement with you 100%, Jeff. I I really love the fact that they're expanding the practice squad, and I like the fact that they're giving you the flexibility for those two spots. But here's what I would like them to do, and I brought this up on a previous show. I don't know if it was you and I that was talking. I would like them to have the practice squad and the active roster similar to the NBA G League. And what I mean by that, Jeff, is guys should come up and down without having to go through waivers. You know what happens, Jeff? The Giants, they suffer an injury three days before their game. So they gotta boost somebody up from the practice squad, okay? Then, after the game, the guy who was hurt is ready to return. You now have to put the guy you just brought up from the practice squad through waivers. He may get claimed. Well, especially if he had a good game. Correct. Whereas, then you lose continuity. Because if you you send guys up and down, it's almost like the practice squad is the equivalent of the G League, where you're on like a two-way contract, Jeff, Sure. and you go up and down. And I'm also still for... If I'm the Ravens and I like somebody from the Giants practice squad, you should be able to still sign that guy off okay. the practice I ha- squad. I
1: have, I have this, I have the, I have the. You solution. have, you have the solution. I'm all ears. It, you know what it is? It's, it's a. You can protect so many players on your practice squad. That's per fine. Year. Okay, so okay. meaning
0: of the 14, you could protect seven or eight. You're saying? No, what I'm saying is or, that
1: at any time. Throughout the whole season, you have 10, 10 times to protect players. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so you, it, and that could be something. I think know. that's fair. But I mean, yeah. so in this essence, in this situation, I listen, the, the kid came out and played corner for us. He's been on our practice squad for six weeks. We've been wanting him to play. He did really well. We don't want to just lose him. He knows our system. We're going to protect him. Yep. Okay, so you're not going to be able to get him. You're only going to be able to do that. Okay, so there's going to be 17 weeks in this season. Maybe you only do eight, you only do. Eight times, you know, whatever it is, um, something like that. But eight I agree with you because you do you do lose the continuity of that situation where, listen, but here's the thing I'm all for the Carolina Panthers coming and get that young man off the practice squad if he's put back Correct. on. Correct.
0: I don't want to eliminate that. Yeah. Because and, that's an opportunity to maybe get a real roster spot and for, you with another it. team. And
1: not only is that a disadvantage for your team, him leaving. It's also an advantage for your team by being able to go and get somebody off somebody else's practice squad. Yeah, it goes right? both ways. It does. It does. And and I think that, you know, there's times when you see in the old old days, we used to, there there were there was players that would be hidden on on injured reserve. Okay? Yep. And and you know, injured reserve you were allowed to you had to go on it for 8 weeks and come off, okay? And so some guys they would they would IR all these guys and they and you're not supposed to practice you're not supposed to do it these guys were practicing there was like six guys that were like on IR <laughs> out there practicing you yeah. know and then the league never monitored it and stuff like that so now the game now the game is completely game is changed, completely yeah. changed. <laughs> can't so, get away with that now so, but there are there are teams that try to hide guys on the practice squad that you know they just don't want these guys to go but you know the scouts if they've done their job. They're not out there scouting the other team's practice squad at practice every day. day. They're just, They've done their, their due diligence on Joe Smith, cornerback from Ohio State, who's on the New York Giants' practice squad. We did our due diligence on this guy. We need him. We liked him. We were going to draft him, but the Giants signed him. Let's go get him. Yeah, exactly. And that's fair. Because
0: most of these guys are undrafted players, or they may be seventh-round picks. For example, Chris Sladen. Chris Slayton of the Giants was put on the practice squad. So if you were monitoring Chris Slayton at Syracuse when he played, you may want to grab him off the practice squad. Every team is in the same ballpark. And speaking of injured reserve, the last aspect, before we open up the phone lines here, this has also evolved over time. It used to be where you could just grab one guy from IR, bring him back. Then it went to two, which it's currently. So the new CBA, three guys can now return from IR.
1: Designate to return.
0: Yeah. Three guys you could bring back from injured reserve over the course of the season. Now, you're still going to have to sit out that six- to eight-week window. That's not going to change. That's but, right. hey, Jeff, you're on the brink of getting into the postseason. You've got that third guy on IR you already brought back two. Maybe you bring him back for the postseason.
1: Classic example, J.J. Watt.
0: Exactly. Okay. That's a there, good one.
1: There's a, you know, you look, at, he, he got yeah, designated. They, okay, you know what? We're going to hopefully make the playoffs and he can come back, and he did. Okay, and that's that's a classic example of that. And that's good. It went from two to three because, you know, before this designation, IR, done for the year, right? And there's certain guys that you just couldn't keep around on the active roster because they were going to be hurt for maybe four weeks. So you can't carry that guy on that 53 man roster. So you're just forced to IR him. And, you know, in the contracts, Nowadays they have split contracts and what that means is that if you go on IR you're only going to get half your salary which really stunk. I mean when you think about that you here you are you you you've got a contract to play for X. You get hurt they tell you we're going to pay you Y. I mean Dude that's a bunch of BS. Yep. So it's just the way it is, right? But my point is, is this helps the players again, okay? And it and really when a CBA comes out, the owners always win. They always win. Okay? They they're making all the money, they're doing all of it, but the fact is is as long as the players don't sit there and, and just – I'm just – I don't like the fact that players, if they're just going to sit there and take whatever the owners give you and force it down their throat, hopefully they're going to look at this thing and they're going to take their time to do it, which doesn't sound to me like they're going to take much time. But this has been ongoing. This isn't just started last week. It's been ongoing for a long time. And I hope it gets done because you would like to have labor peace for a long time. You certainly don't want the lockout or a strike coming, things like that. And the players are going to get rich. This league is going to get rich. It's always going to be here. It's going to continue to be one of the most popular sports in the world, and and it's just a good thing for the players at this point.
0: All right, let's open up the phone lines as we move along here on Big Blue Kickoff Live, brought to you by Coors Light Mountain Cold Refreshment, made to chill. Bruno is in Atlanta. He gets us going on Friday's edition. What's happening, Bruno?
2: How are you boys doing? Good talking to you again. Doing right, Bruno. All right, uh, a couple of questions. A thought on the on the CBA and then a draft question. Okay. So the, the CBA, you know, you guys, I didn't catch the beginning of the conversation, but um, what do you guys think about, Jeff, you specifically have played, reducing the amount of training camp practices and whatnot. It, it seems like there's been an increase in, in injuries, soft tissue injuries and whatnot, from a lack of physical practices. Do you think things are going to get even worse now with, with less um Less practices or physical practices, whatever reduction they're planning on the on the training camp practices, and also as a as a, a you know giant fan, I, I do enjoy the preseason games because that's when some of these guys can get into games and, and we could see a Victor Cruz in preseason and some other you know some of the other guys that don't get a chance.
1: Yeah, well, I, that, I'll tell you. Let me add to I'll, I'll give you my opinion on that. the The proposals from four to three, the the preseason games. That's what I yeah. heard. That's yeah. what I read.
0: If they add the seventeenth, if yeah. they add the seventeenth game,
1: um, so. Right then and there, you know, the third preseason game was your dress rehearsal, right? So when is the dress rehearsal going to be the second one, I guess? Um That's quick. That's a quick turnaround. I don't think that, that you know, so here's what's going to happen. It's all about player safety. We understand that if you watch some of the XFL these days, that you see some of the things that they're doing to help players to kick off, things like that, it's only going to matter... It only makes sense to help the players as far as practices and things like that. You know, we can always say, oh, back in the old days, we used to do three days and this and that. And yeah, we did. But you know what? There was a lot of guys getting hurt back then. There's still the game has changed so much from the speed perspective and and how things are done. That's going to happen. And, you know, what you're going to see, the result of it is, in my opinion, and we already see this now with four preseason games and, and limited practices in training camp, is that for the first month of the season, it's, it's bad football. It's bad, bad tackling. Ball, yeah. So you're going to see yeah. even worse football for that first month of the season when this happens. But you know what? It's all about player safety, and it's all about trying to get that 17th game. And the only reason they're going to get that, the way they're going to get that 17th game is to, on the front end, protect the players from what everybody seems to think that the 17th game is still detrimental because it's an extra game. It's health. You've got to help them on the front end. That's my opinion.
0: And actually, the number of padded practices, Bruno, because I just looked this up to confirm, are actually going to increase, which would make sense because now you're adding another team. You have to. You have to. So it's going from right now they allow 14 padded practices during the regular season. That's going to go now to 16 which makes sense because if you have an additional game, there's going to be more prep
1: and, and real quickly, Bruno, this is all so new stuff, but I tell you what's going to happen. You know, Bill Belichick was the, the model of this in the last few years is, is his mixed practices. You know, the team's yeah. getting together, and rather than playing a game, they're going to go and have combined practices. Well, there's going to be something in the CBA, the new CBA, that is going to limit how many times these guys are going to do that. Well,
0: I'm glad you brought that up, Jeff, because I have it right in front of me. If they go down to three preseason games, it's going to be four joint practices. That's it.
1: Four. Com- okay. Four so okay. during the course of the preseason okay. period. Yes. Yeah, so because
0: they're taking away a preseason game, yeah. so that all you could do is four joint practices okay. with another team. And, and that's, that's that. Would that's, be-
1: those are practices, not practices. Four, not okay. Four. Yeah. Ch- Practice. Yeah, four so separate gonna be, joint practices. That's going to be one. That's gonna be one That's team. like about a week's worth of, of practice. Yeah, is that'll be with one, one week team. with some yeah. team. Yeah. I mean that's pretty much
2: okay, what okay, it's going no. to go ahead. Bob. Yeah. So, so you said, and just to confirm before I get to my draft question, that you said. Fourteen contact
3: practices increased to sixteen. Now that you well, we have a new coaching staff, is it gonna be more than
1: 16 because we get the extra weeks of practice? Well Yeah, well, you don't get extra, yeah, don't get extra
0: padded practices when you get a new coach. You, you just get, get, extra get the extra okay. correct, okay. you get the extra week of preparation. And and all that means is padded practices. As far as right. contact, that's up to the coach how much contact they want to have during the course of practice. It's just the limitations on padded practices. That's what okay. the language is. Yeah.
2: Okay. Well, then my thought on the draft. You know, um, I, you know, we, we we've invested a lot in a, in the quarterback position, the running back position. We do need to protect that. Um, I, I would love an Isaiah Simmons, but I see the the value and the need for a, a solid offensive tackle. Um, you know, Eric Flowers is a nightmare that we're still kind of recovering from. And I was I was curious a question. Um, were Chris Pettit and and. Um, and get him in part of the staff when Eric Flowers was, was being reviewed at the, at the combine. And then, you know, the, the top rated Thomas on some people's board is, is Thomas from Georgia, you know, local guy here in, mm-hmm. in the ATL, Yep. 20, same, same size as an Eric Flowers. But he, you know, he played in a pro style offense in the, in the toughest conference in all of college football played well, you know, sprouted that running game. So, you know, Everything's going to depend on the combine. That's, that's where these guys are going to separate themselves. But, yeah, we're were Chris Pettit and, and Gettleman on the staff? Well, Gettleman, Gettleman, Gettleman was the
0: Panthers' general manager when Eric Flowers was drafted in 2015. Yeah, so that, he okay. wasn't here. So, now, Pettit was a scout yeah. because he's been a scout for well over a decade with the Giants. But
1: he wasn't in the building. He was a scout. Correct. He was yeah. out on
0: the road. That's yeah. what Pettit yeah. did before he took over as the director
1: of college scouting. Yeah.
2: So the, the reason for that question is, what lesson, I'm just wondering what lessons were learned with the Eric Flowers mistake, and how can we avoid that?
1: Well, you can't, I mean, listen, it, it, nothing's a proven science, right? So, I mean, you gotta you got to understand, you put a belief in your system that you're going to be able to draft a guy that you feel is, is worthy of the number one draft pick, and that he can pan out. But it doesn't always happen. So, you know, you can go back and blame the scouting department for that, but I think more importantly, you got to look at the player. I mean, you look at Eric Flowers and what happened with him. You know, he just didn't pan out because there was a lot of things that was wrong with him. He just wasn't yeah. that good at the pro level. Well, now, now could it be that they played him in the wrong position? Because it seemed to be that he played pretty good at guard last year for the for the Redskins.
0: Seemed to be a little bit more comfortable. <laughs> and here's the other thing, Bruno, before we let you continue. Sorry. To Jeff's point, and, and I think Jeff is spot on in my opinion, I could also make the argument, you know, the Giants haven't had 100% success rate with all of their draft picks, so forget the lessons from Eric Flowers. You could argue there's lessons from all different types of players. Sure. yeah. Yeah,
2: but is it fair to say that? And we know, without trashing him, because I've said it before, you know, Jerry Reese, I, I can't trash him one hundred percent. The guy brought us two Super Bowls. He was part of the 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 leadership that drafted that. You know, he made a lot of mistakes too, though. Did he take a lot of chances on athleticism? You know, JPP worked out, but was was Eric Flowers a reach?
0: Well, listen, to say it's yeah, a reach...
2: Hindsight's 20, 20.
0: Well, hindsight's twenty twenty. but, you know, Jeff and I are not necessarily privy to the conversations that were going on <laughs> in the meeting room. No, so, you know, if they were scouting him at the time and they thought very highly of him and appreciate the phone call, Bruno, thanks nice, so much Bruno. for weighing in. It's hard to say that's a reach, Jeff, because if you feel good about a player, once again, it doesn't mean the player is going to pan out. But you do your due diligence and you make the selection. I will say this. When they parted ways with Jerry Reese, I think maybe it was the year prior, John Mara in one of his press conferences, I don't have the transcript in front of me, so I'm paraphrasing the point. I want to make that very clear. He, if I recall, Jeff, during his press conference with the media said that the Giants can't afford to take as many chances. He said something to the fact about that they can't roll the dice with some of these players. And he was referring to the recent Giants draft track record. So I I think they were aware of that in terms of lessons learned from some of the players, and that wasn't just necessarily first-round picks. That was the entire draft class overall in terms of third-rounders, fourth-rounders, that they can't take flyers on guys maybe just because they see potential. More proven commodities based on what they did in college. Sure. And that will, was certainly a part of the conversation. And I will tell
1: you that if you sat down 32 general managers and said, give me your, your opinion on Eric Flowers. First-rounder, no. Second-rounder, what? Not all 32 are going to agree with you. There's going to be some that says, I would have never taken him, and there's some that said, I would have absolutely taken him. It's all a matter of opinion, evaluation yeah. for each organization. You hope that you can get a, a, a Baseli, okay? A guy that you're going to have a – and that's – I'm looking for that guy. I mean, I've said this on the air. My whole thing for the draft this year, I, I know there's going to be a lot of wide receivers. Somebody's saying there's going to be 30 wide receivers taken in this draft this year. That gives me an idea that I, I can still get a good wide receiver later in the second round. But my first round, I've, and it's what Bruno said, you invested in a quarterback, you've invested in a running back, you've got to invest in a Tony Baselli left tackle Okay. Move solder to right tackle if you have to. But my point is to build that offensive line and get that offense going. And we talked, you know, we talk about Jason Garrett being here. Jason Garrett is from Dallas. What did they do at Dallas? They built that offensive line behind, in front, of, excuse me, in front of Ezekiel Elliott. And what did they and do? And in
0: front of Romo and Dak Prescott. And they, too.
1: Yeah. there's, your, there's your, your whole thing right there. I've got to believe that that's gonna be where they're going to go.
0: Well, and they did it in the draft. I think that's, that's what important I'm saying. to know, yeah. Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't tackle it in free agency. No, I don't want it in free agency. They did it in the draft.
1: I want it in the draft. I want a young guy. I want him to come in here. But you know what? It's not a sure science. Well, that's the important key of what you But you're what saying. you said about, let's go back and look at a little bit more of concrete evaluation, and, and so that we don't have to take a chance, as, as Jerry reset on. We can't take a chance on some of these guys. You're gonna have to go in and do your evaluation on these. But you know what? Bottom line, it comes down to the player. The guy might get drafted in the first round and get all this money and decide. You know, I'll, I'll give you a classic example of what I'm saying to you. When I was with the Philadelphia Eagles, we drafted a guy by the name of Antonio or um, Anton Davis. Okay, we call them Anton. He weighed three hundred and fifty pounds. Okay, he was a he was a, uh, a an offensive tackle. Okay, he came out later to say that he did not want to play football, but he was going to take his first round money, play his four or five years, and he was done. That's what he did. That was his mindset. Can you believe that? I mean, that that so that's what you got to guard against.
0: Well, and it's, sometimes it's hard to. Identify that, Jeff. You could can have a conversation with a guy at the Combine coming up this week, and he can wow you. No question. And then all of a sudden, you bring him in the facility, and then the work ethic is not what and you I anticipated. S- oh, here
1: you make. go, Lance. Here's your here's your $15 million. <laughs> Okay, million. <You> good? <gotta laughs> Thank you. I'm going to run to the
0: bank. <laughs> stick it out for
1: four years for me. Okay, great. You know, after the third year, you're thinking, my God, this guy is horrible. What is he doing? Well, he doesn't want to play. He doesn't want to play football. He's got $15 million in the bank, though. See you later. You just, you hopefully that's what these interviews are all about, but they still, the interview, he can, he can woe you. Wow. You know, these guys are coached up. It's incredible. Yeah. You hope That doesn't happen.
0: But it's hard to guard against it, It even if you do all your homework, because sometimes there's twists and turns. I do want to go back to your point about the Cowboys, and you're 100% right. Dallas said to itself, we're going to be a run team, and we're going to be a team which is prolific on offense. And the way we do it is we get back to how we won Super Bowls, which was that huge offensive line, Larry Allen, right? All those big guys, you know who we're talking about. So Tyron Smith, Travis Frederick, You know, little by little, they would add another piece. But the key is, though, Jeff, those guys actually panned out. They did. And gave tremendous return, okay? Unbelievable return. So you and I could sit down in our war room, and you and I could be on the same page, Jeff, and we could say, hey, we need to address the offensive line. And for the next three years, we're going to try to go after the best offensive lineman on our board. Okay. But there's no guarantee that the guy turns into... Zach Martin, Travis Frederick, and Tyron Smith. That's my like point.
1: It. And here's the other thing. When you talk about this now, so what, how do we combat against that? It's experience, right? So, oh, I don't know about this guy coming out of college. He could be the biggest bust ever. So where are you going to go? Oh, I'm going to go get a guy that is proven playing in the National Football League. I'm going to go get that free agent. I'm going to pay him all yeah. that money. But then what happens to free agents? They've already played four or five years in the league. Okay, they're sustainable. They're, they They can get hurt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you have a great size. And they sample eat up side, cap space, too. And they eat a huge so cap space. So there's
0: pros and cons both it's ways. A, it's a yeah.
1: very hard and difficult thing to do. So that the fan has to understand that it's not a perfect science. And you're just basically the Cowboys got extremely lucky. And you know what? They didn't do anything about it. They didn't win any world championship. They barely made the playoffs with those guys. So I mean, hopefully the Giants can improve on that. And I think that, you know, they will.
0: Well, that brings us to an interesting conversation in terms of free agency versus the draft, because that's this time of the year. This is the debate that happens. And I will say this. We're going to get phone calls after phone calls. We've already received phone calls, Jeff, about fans have their interpretation of, with the fourth pick, I want to go offensive lineman. Not necessarily player. They just want to go with a specific position. Okay. If you look at this Giants roster right now, and you were to ask yourself, where is the biggest void, Mm -hmm. Jeff? Meaning, where do they need a playmaker? Forget... Mm, who easy. you love in well, that's terms easy. of college that's Okay. Easy. well what would your answer be it's on
1: the defensive side of the and I am completely with you so Okay, that, that's an easy one
0: so the reason I'm bringing that up is while Mike Remmers is a free agent and was a nice guy to fill in but not necessarily a long term answer because he's a seasoned veteran and he's not at the beginning of his career so you need an answer at right tackle and maybe Nick Gates is the answer okay let's not rule that out
1: but remember, this is part of a,
0: the conversation.
1: But least. Mark Colombo and Joe Judge and they may not like him, but one no, they may not. Th- but yeah. one thing you do have to your advantage here is that Dave Gettleman brought him in here. Dave Gettleman had a say in him staying on this team last year. Yeah. so that does make a difference. Correct.
0: And now it's whether or not the coaching staff sees right. it through the same yeah. lens yeah. to your point. And I've said this before. As
1: I do not mind that the fact that Mark Colombo. Uh, a veteran in this league and a coach in this league this coach so Colombo just didn't come out of the NFL retired last year and come into coaching. He's been coaching. I like the fact that, that he's coaching this offensive line that can he can help make that decision about Gates. is Nick Gates your guy? Colombo, is that is it your guy? Uh, you know what? I don't know. I don't really. I'm not. Too, okay, then we're out. We're going to get somebody. Yeah, and else. then you go into So no. back to your well, point. I'm sorry. They
0: have to. No, no worries. It's, it's all related. That's why one of the first things that happens, Jeff, is as a GM, you sit down your coaching staff and say, guys, hit the film. I want to know your opinion That's on right. every Evaluation. single player on this roster. Exactly. And then we go from there. So back to my point. My point is, while offensive line, you can argue, is a need, meaning because you don't know what's going to happen with Remmers, you don't know what's okay. going to happen if they move Solder to another side, there's no guarantee that's going to happen. And Soldier's under contract. So right now, there's not a hole at left tackle.
1: No, From there's not.
0: From a legitimate standpoint, he's the left tackle until they make a change. I would argue they're more in need of a playmaker that, to me, would make more of an impact on this team on defense than they are on offense. If you were to ask me, just from a positional side of the ball standpoint, and that doesn't mean that you go defense at the fourth overall pick, but Jeff, if I'm looking at my board, okay, and I get to the fourth overall pick and I've got a highly ranked offensive player and a highly ranked defensive player, based on the need of this team and what, to me, would have a significant impact... I would go in the direction of the defensive player because I think there is an immediate plug-in opportunity
1: okay. for that rookie. And you are from the mindset of need. You're drafting them on need.
0: Well, a combination. I mean, well, okay. like I said but, the, the player's got to be highly ranked on my board. Well, the, I'm not just but, settling for that player. But, but I, I guess the player I'm, still has but to be but in on conjunction. on my board, I
1: can't yep. have, at number four, two players ranked the same. Like, Simmons, okay, well, okay th- these guys have to, one has to be o- above the other if I'm ranking them uh, as far as my ability. That's fair. So I guess what I'm trying to say is we don't know how the Giants are going to draft this year, whether it's from a need perspective or from a rankings best player on the board perspective. So, yes, I I totally agree it's defense, okay? However, it may be completely opposite the way that we're thinking that the Giants are saying to themselves, we have a tackle, say the kid from Georgia, ranked higher than Simmons, and we're going to go with that guy because that's how we're going to do it. I I wouldn't be upset no, with that. No, because
0: the logic behind that makes 100% sense. There I'm you with go. you there. I'm just saying that while I think a lot of people are caught up in the offensive line conversation, let's not overlook the fact that regardless of what happens with the offensive line heading into next season, this defense is still in need of playmakers. 100%. 100%. 100%, Especially with Golden being a free agent. So he has a question mark next to him and then you wind up losing it. Leonard Williams is a free agent. If you then lose those guys, let's say, then the need for a playmaker, Jeff, skyrockets even more. Does it not?
1: No, Yeah, absolutely. So
0: that's why I don't get so caught up in, well, they've got to take an offensive tackle with the number four overall pick. I get it, I get uh, it. That, that I, was my larger point.
1: And I, and, I, and I I shouldn't get caught up in that either. I guess it's it's more for me, it's like, okay, I understand the need on defense, I really do, because when you look at this defense and what they did last year, the last two years, it needs a lot of help, okay? Well, Patrick Graham is gonna hopefully be brought in here to help that, and really, when you look at it from a 3-4 perspective, okay, which is seems to be what that's what they're gonna play, uh, more of a multiple, if you will, um, but to me, I just a firm believer that when you've got your franchise quarterback and your generational running back that's in the backfield, to what is gonna impact more in today's game offensively or is that I gotta go offense. But I would not sit here and be mad at you if you took an impactual player on defense, maybe a Simmons, okay um i don't know where the edge rushers are well listen we're not going to get young but maybe if he ever dropped you would take him instantly Well, chase young (laughs) you're referring to yeah so i think that i would not be mad at you if you went the defensive side now i think the more importantly put the cart before the horse is the fact that we're looking at free agency very soon and we're looking at a franchise tag transition tags if the cba doesn't get extended then there's going to be two tags. If it does get extended, they're only back to one. Who are you going to do there? But Leonard Williams and Marcus Golden are two guys you have to, you're going to have to try to get one of those guys. And I think that Williams makes more sense than Golden because of what you gave up for him.
0: Well, of course there's always that factor, but once again, you also need to hear to your point from the coaching staff. What does this new coaching staff think of Leonard Williams? Remember, none of these guys were here, Jeff. Yeah. What does Patrick Graham think of Leonard Williams? He was not coaching him nope. this year. Nope. So, you know, where is he in terms of Leonard Williams? Yeah. Interestingly connected to what you just brought up, I was asked this question on social media, and I did respond Good with respect to – Well, no, a nice it, it, was a, it was a valid question. I so, usually don't. So <laughs> a <laughs> valid question I will certainly <laughs> entertain and also a uh, – respectful back and forth, which is always nice and refreshing. Rare, but it was always nice. With respect to, well, where do you think the Giants are going to go in free agency versus the draft based on the depth of various positions? But as you mentioned, Jeff, if somebody asked me, well, what does the depth look like at pass rusher, which you could argue is a need for the Giants, it's hard for me to answer that right now because what happens if the four guys, as we bring up the free agently, agents list here, they, they, they're if not they get available. tagged? I yeah. mean, for example, at edge rusher, Clowney, Barrett, and Gakwe Armstead. Okay, okay those are the f- top two four. Of,
1: two of the four are getting franchised. you know what they're going to?
0: Barrett, Bruce Arians, Tampa Bay's coach. Now, once again, you can say things in the media. It doesn't get to come to fruition. He says he ain't going anywhere. I, I mean, I'm paraphrasing. Why would he? Well, I mean, the, the guy only had, what, 19 and a half sacks this yeah, year? okay. So, now, in Gakwe, Jacksonville doesn't have a lot of cap space, but that doesn't mean that they can't perhaps tag him. The Seahawks, to your point, gave up assets for Clowney. So... You know, doesn't that come into the thinking? Do you want to rent them for a season, or don't you want to keep them? Right. Oh, well, so him for
1: maybe one more season. Yeah. I mean, there's listen, another guy. The Seahawks are primed to make a run. They they need they need him. One hundred percent.
0: Yeah. And then Armstead, who is part of that group of rotational defensive linemen for the Niners. So for all we know, maybe the top three guys on this list that I just read, Jeff, they don't even hit the free agent market okay. by the time Tuesday comes. Now. If you're the Giants and you're evaluating and those four guys were here on the board, for those of us watching on camera, and then as I move my hand down lower, now there's a distinct drop-off, maybe now you don't go after that position in free agency, right? Because then you feel we're chasing guys. We don't really think they're going to deliver. So now the necessity to find a guy in the draft, I think, changes. We won't know a lot of those answers until you can start giving out the tags and— whether or not the new CBA comes into play. Because now if a team goes from being able to use one tag as opposed to two, doesn't that now change how many guys are going to be accessible in free agency? So it's very hard, my point is, and I know gave a long-winded answer, it's very hard for me to answer a question for somebody that wants to know, well, what's the depth like at this position? Let me see what happens with the tags. The tags is going to change anything. Sure. And everything with respect to the depth at any given position. At any given position. Yeah. I mean... All um, positions, not just defensive lineman, edge rusher
1: across the board. Um... You know, and you could look certainly you have a young depth at cornerback position for this defense. I mean, I think that's one that's one area you may uh go drafting, you know. I mean listen, the Jeff oh, how do you say Oko Oku, Okuda, the cornerback for Ohio, Ohio State. State. Yeah. He may be there with that fourth pick. He could. Um would I be upset about that? No, because it's defense, and I think that, you know, you got a bunch of young guys there, and you, he would certainly be a day-one starter, a guy that's going to be, you know, he's going to be your number one guy. And then you got, you got um, Baker, who, listen, the last quarter of the season proved that he was a number one draft pick. He's going to get that much better. And I feel like the secondary coach, Jerome Henderson, and you've got um, Blevins, these two guys, two, two new coaches coaching that position are going to coach these kids up. And I actually got to talk, talk to Henderson last week, about that secondary, and he, he said, "I think I think I'm going back to kindergarten." He <laughs> says these guys are so young. Oh, yeah! I mean, he was just looking down. He's going, "I don't got nobody there." I mean, it's like <laughs> whoa! And just watching these guys, yeah. you it's know, it's like being how, back in college. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. So I feel that like, you know he's got a he's got definitely a, the road ahead of him there. But it'd be great to get some you know if you go draft uh, the guy from Ohio State, you're going to have another young guy. Another guy, but, <laughs> but you know so. I think that I wouldn't be mad at you, but I feel like the depth at any of these positions is going to be undetermined sooner or later. We're going to find out by Tuesday. That's for sure.
0: But I think the biggest... Premise here is that if you listen to what John Mara had to say at some recent press conferences, they remember 2016. They remember that offseason, Jeff. Sure. And they know that while it's nice to throw money at the wall and land some of those big fish and which 11 the, Giants and five did, the next year, yeah. And you got instantaneous results, they also realize they, Dave Gettleman has tried to clean up what was invested in those three guys. That's right, yeah. So yeah. I don't think they want to repeat what I, happened.
1: And I, I feel that with the hiring of Joe Judge, and just the way that this team has seen what has gone on in the past four years, there's going to be a big huddle upstairs about what's going to go on. Free agency going forward, oh, yeah. how we're going to draft, how much time we're going to give Joe Judge and his staff. You know, I think that just from what we hear and see, you've got to have a lot of confidence in that things are going to be done the right way going forward. Maybe not this year, but – you know, but, and I mean, it's going to be done the right way. But, you know, are the, is that going to equate to wins right away? But listen, they're talking about another playoff team this year, you know, possibly having a two two if more. If it ref-
0: goes to seven teams, yeah, in each conference. So
1: you know, there's a chance to get in the playoffs for some teams that are just on the cusp, you know. And I mean, if you look at the way the Giants could have won some games, um, this NFC East was up for grabs for a while. Um, so that's kind of a good thing. Another thing, a lot of stuff happening with the NFL and you know the CBA and you know expansion of playoffs and roster sizes and things like that. And guess what? You can always watch our show here because we'll figure it out. Right, Lance? Because you're up on this stuff.
0: We will absolutely try our hardest to be well-read up on that information. But it's a fluid situation, to your point, Jeff. Because every day it seems as if the conversation is changing. Let's head back to the line. Scott is in New Mexico. He joins us here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's happening, Scott?
1: Hi, Scotty.
4: Hi, guys. How are you doing today?
0: Doing all right, Scott. What's on your mind?
4: Um... I'm enjoying the conversation, but if you look at the stats from last year, I don't know why the fascination is, and maybe it's irking me a little bit, why the concentration is to try to get an offensive lineman. I, I, Lance, I think you put it aptly. With all Following the Dallas um, example, how many Super Bowls have they gotten into with that great offensive line? You need to have a defense. If you look at the stats – points per game, the Giants gave up 30. Uh, They were 30th. Passing yards allowed, they were 28th. Turnovers, they were 29th. The only thing they excelled in a little bit was in rushing, because they were able to stop the run. But unless you can do the other vehicles, uh, I don't see why the investment, why everyone's in this uh, uh, frenzy to get another offensive lineman. I thought uh, experience is the best teacher. I mentioned it on another show. Uh, I was looking at players like Anthony Costanzo and Brandon Sheriff from free agency as a, as possibilities for the Giants to get to stabilize line as they did with Kevin Zeidler. I think the concentration has to be on defense because none of the teams that made the playoffs made it without a good defense. Yeah, And that's where your you need balance. Efficiencies are. Yeah, you need balance and in it, the
0: NFL. There's no doubt about it. I
4: agree with you. Absolutely. And, but if you don't start with defense, if you can't stop the other team, you're going nowhere. And I don't want to see another season where we're investing a lot of draft capital again, and then we go nowhere again, which we've done for the past four years. It just doesn't make any sense to me. So it's a pet peeve of mine when we have this concentration. Of, and I realize that a player like Cedric Wills is, a, is an excellent player, there's no doubt, uh, or Mackay Becton, or any of those. But that's not where your concentration has to be if you want to make the playoffs. You well, need somebody to be able to to, to, to be able to put a defense together that can actually function well. And that's not what, what seems to be happening with the Giants and where the
1: concentration is. Scott, let, let, is let me ask you a question because you know, you know sure. I, you are, I am on the offensive side here. So I, you know this is where I want to go. Are you comfortable? Sure. Okay, And this is what I want to ask mm-hmm. you. Are you comfortable sure. at right tackle? Okay, where Remmers is a journeyman, he's he's a young guy. He's not real, real old, but Nick Gates. Okay, you have center the center position where you have a guy, your starter is coming off an Achilles injury with no backup right. behind him, and then you well, have you a do left have Spencer t- Pulley. Yes, has, well I'm still saying like, a, a proven yeah. a proven guy that you feel that is a, is a day one starter, and then on the left side right. you've got Nate Solder who probably had his worst season of pro last year. How can you say well, that you're not worried about the offensive line? Well, let me tell
4: you why I may not be worried. Nick Gates played very well. Nate Soldier could be moved to the right side. I think you suggested it, Jeff. I do. Uh, I, absolutely.
1: But that's because I and, want to draft a left tackle.
4: Right. But experience is, is what you really need on the offensive line because you still have Will Hernandez who's going into his third year. And Zeitler is solid. So your real key is how two of the positions you're talking about, center – and offensive left tackle can be addressed with more experienced players. And there's a plethora of those that are going to come out in free agency. It's a question of whether you want to invest the draft capital to do that because sure. excuse me, the, the money to do it. Because if you do, then you stabilize that offensive line. The Giants actually, even with um, uh, Saquon Barkley being hurt, I think they were in the top echelon of rushing. Their real problem is, and it's partly Daniel Jones' fault, is he held the ball a lot, so obviously the offensive line couldn't hold as long as they wanted to. But there were extenuating circumstances. With Solder, you know he's going through some personal issues, and hopefully he'll have a better season next year. But do have avenues to address it. And, again, I think the concentration has to be on defense. But I don't want to get uh, too bogged down in it.
3: I'm just saying that that's... Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen. You, you really can
1: people have their opinions, and I think you make a good one. Sure. I re- I think it's a good point. I really do, and it's a matter of opinion. I I honestly, I sure. just I just worry about spending that type of money for a free agent left tackle. In my opinion, you're going to have to pay a lot of money for one of these guys. Um, yeah, they don't come cheap. It'd be cheap.
4: worth it, Jeff, if you did, and that guy was there for four years, <laughs> and yes, and that guy made you into a much better unit, and you don't have to invest in draft capital that you're going to have to train for the position. I mean, these Uh, players, Zach Martin, they still had to learn the position even though they were great. I don't see a Quentin Nelson coming out of the draft this year where he was literally a plug-and-play player. All of the people we're talking about Jerrick uh, Wills played on the right side to protect Tua because he was a left-handed quarterback, so they they want to put him at left tackle. And He hadn't played the position for, for a while, so you understand why he was the right tackle, but can he play the left tackle? So he's going to have to be trained. I'd rather have people that can do it immediately and function well and there's yeah. less to yeah. worry okay. about with that. Well, course, and that's like
0: the what you benefit of bringing in a veteran free agent. And we'll, yeah. le- thanks, we'll leave it at that, Scott. Uh, thanks so much for the phone call.
1: Well, it's, all, it's what you and I talked about. You know, there's no substitute for experience, right? So, you know, you, you can say that, you know, I'm worried about drafting a guy in the first round because you know what he might be a bust like Eric Flowers. Okay, but then I want to get a free agent guy who has experience, and that's what I'm going to pay for. And you know what? Two years into it, he blows out his Achilles, and he's done for the career. Yeah, there's you don't no guarantee. Know. Okay, oh, so I it, honestly, we can sit here and talk until we're blue in the face. It doesn't matter what we think; it's what they matter. It matters upstairs and their priorities that they're going to put in the positions. And it's basically the new coaching staff has told uh, Dave Gettleman: These are what I think of my guys. My, my seven or eight offensive linemen, you can have you can have five of them, I'll keep three of them or whatever. but that's what's happening up there and that's they're gonna, they're gonna build their philosophy around that and we're gonna see sooner or later <laughs> where it goes. And I don't know I, if you wanna, you want to take a poll, um, if it's going to be free agency is going to be on the offense or the defensive side, go ahead, I think it would probably be right straight down the middle 50-50.
0: Let's head back to lines. Chris is in Pennsylvania. He joins us here Chris. on Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's happening, Chris?
1: Hey,
5: guys. Can you hear me okay? We
0: yep. hear you loud and clear. Yep.
5: Perfect. How are you guys doing today? Good. Doing all right.
0: What's all right. on your mind? Fantastic.
5: So I wanted to talk a little bit about the draft entry agency. I know we're beating a dead horse here. And the ultimate answer is we don't know what they're doing upstairs. I get that. But it's yes. fun to talk about since there's yeah. no football on.
1: I know. <laughs>
5: so I wanted to talk a little bit about... Um, just comment about like referring to need. Uh, Lance, I think you made a great point when you said like, if if I have two guys graded high on my board and I look and I say, well, you know what? I need a defensive guy, so I'm going with him. I just wanted to make a comment uh, and, and and receive some dialogue, what you guys think. Like, so say the board is have the highest grade on a defensive tackle, obviously not a place the Giants need. So you end up going with the offensive lineman, so to speak, right? I don't think that's drafting out of need, so right? Like it's just like we don't we need an offensive line. we need we need defensive guys too. but you know what I mean, I think I, I guess what I'm saying is I echo Lance's sentiment by saying uh, the reason that the Giants lost the most games last year was not because the offense didn't produce points even with that suspect offensive line as as Jeff was alluding to a, a oh. little earlier a minute ago. But mainly because the defense was giving up as many points as the offense was scoring. I mean, Danny Darns had a lot of good games last year. Even he had some fumbles, too, I get that. But I think it was the defense that uh, was giving up at just as many points as the Giants were scoring. And so <laughs> yeah. what do you guys think about that?
0: Well, you, you look, at, you look at games, see, but, and, and we'll let you continue. I go back to that Tampa Bay game, Daniel Jones' first contest. Like, you know, people right. forget, yeah. you know, that long pass downfield to set up what should have been a chip shot for Tampa Bay. If yeah. Bruce Arians didn't take that penalty, you know, who's to say the Giants walk away with a win in that game? I mean, yeah. we, we could sit here and play right. the coulda, woulda, shoulda game, but that's an example of a game that you just referenced, Chris, where the Giants put— 32 points on the board, and that may not have been enough to actually walk away with a win. That's so right. that's why I keep going back to defense. Sure.
1: and it makes sense. It does. Yeah, uh,
3: my, too.
5: That was my that's, that's my point too. I hope that came across as clear. It seems like yeah, it did. did. It did. Yeah, it
0: absolutely was... did.
4: Yeah,
5: yeah. And that, that happened more than ju- I mean, like that happened more than just once. They, the Giants were scoring 30 points, 30 points, and defense was giving it right back. So, um, so also uh, as alluded to the draft. Before I move on to free agency. So with the second pick, like, we, we know uh, that they picked four, and then I think 36, is that right?
0: Yes. I believe so, yeah. <laughs> yep.
5: Okay. Like, who do you guys think is a good, like, what what position is good uh, or that's going to be death, or, or where do you guys go? Like, if it was your board, and uh, let's say, Lance, I know I know we, we, we're of the same mind, so to speak, here, like if Isaiah Simmons is there, at four, right, like a defensive guy, like, we're, okay, that's probably the guy. But then at 36, what do you go then? Like, so that's that's my, my last draft question before I move to one free agency question.
0: But what do you well, guys think? Well, you know what, 36? Chris, while we have you, real quickly, what's your last question only because we want to try to squeeze in as many callers, so yeah. give us the second question and we'll answer both.
5: Perfect. And then free agency. What do you think about Everson Griffin? I seen that. I seen a report that he was denying his contract or opting out of it in in uh, the Vikings. I don't know how old he is. Uh, and what do you guys think about the Giants going after him? And I'll take that off the air. Thanks,
0: guys. All right. Thanks for the phone call, Chris. I,
1: I would take him if he's not a lot of. You know, he's not going to ask for twenty five million a year.
0: Griffin's I mean, thirty two, by the way.
1: I mean, I, exactly. I mean, but, um, listen. Th- as far as the thirty six pick. Um, you know, there's 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 a lot of really good receivers in this draft. Okay, I'm I'm okay with drafting another receiver. I really am. I think that's a need uh, that this team is gonna, as far as from a depth perception, because I'm worried. I'm worried about that receiver position as far as healthy goes. I mean, Golden Tate is not a spring chicken uh sterling shepherd has concussion problems you got darius slayton who's a uh, young guy you just hope that he continues in his sophomore Very year promising though. um you know and you got some other guys behind him but th- you know it doesn't it doesn't wo it doesn't just excite me that whole position i would love to see a, a some guy in the second round in that position there there's a lot of them there's like going to be a good one so um but listen it just all depends on the first pick if it's offense and i think we need to get a defensive guy in the, with the second pick
0: Yeah, I think you go in a variety of different directions, uh, as you mentioned. I I never think there's a wrong direction to go, especially without knowing what the board looks like. But I will say this. This is the type of draft where, depending on what the Giants do in free agency, if you took a pass rusher in the first round, I don't think you're hurting yourself if you bring in another pass rusher in the second round. For example, Jeff, the Colts, Scott, our first caller, brought up Quentin Nelson. The same year that they drafted Nelson, they, they also drafted Braden Smith, who was another offensive lineman in Indianapolis. So Indianapolis said, yeah, Andrew Luck has been getting his you-know-what beating up. We need help. So they didn't just say, all right, Nelson's going to solve all our issues. Okay. They then came back around, and in the second round, they took another offensive lineman. And oh, by the way, you know they had another second-round pick, which helped them get Darius Leonard. Which well, was you know, certainly yeah, it's a nice selection. Machine. Yes, so yeah, I see where you're going here. But that's my point. My point is, just because you go one way in the first round, does not rule out going back in that direction in the yeah. second round, assuming your board matches up with that.
1: Assuming that you didn't address that in free agency. Correct.
0: Okay. And we don't know. We're having this hypothetical conversation without free agency. Ever Griffin, I think, is a very strong player. He's got a really good track record. He had some off the field issues, but that seems to be straightened up. The thing is, though, he came into the league in 2010. He's 32. You could bring him in, but you can't expect him to be that four- to five-year player that's going to no, solidify your defense. No, he's going to be
1: a one-two-year one, guy. Yeah,
0: so you still need to answer the long-term build-around guy. So he could be sort of the— I didn't, Glue realize, I, I didn't realize he was 32.
1: I take that. Yeah, he I'm could a,
0: be. No, but I'm in agreement with you, Jeff. I'd, I'd entertain him. Well, listen, he, he certainly a has good a track player. record worth entertaining. Um, I would entertain him. But I think you just have to be realistic that the Giants also, they don't want to just bring in a guy like Marcus Golden and rent him for a year. You want to bring in a guy and then know, all right, for the next four years, he could be our guy. Sure. I don't know if Griffin gives you that long-term answer because of where he is at this stage in his career. Plus, he may not want to sign a long-term deal, right? Because well, he may want to keep the window open to get another deal if he all of a sudden has another career year, just yeah, like Golden did. But it's
1: hard at 32. Even a four-year deal, you're going to be 36 years old? I mean, that, that, and that, that's... Meaning the likelihood of a team even giving you exactly,
0: that is yeah. 100% yeah. right, Jeff. Yeah. Very yep. slim. All, all right. right, let's head back to the phone lines. We got Len in Columbia, Maryland. Len, what's happening?
1: All right, Len. Quickly, Len. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good.
3: How right, Hey, th- this is this is not an understatement, but and I think this conversation today confirms it. We got a lot of holes.
1: Holy. <laughs> <All> yeah, <week>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there, I, I think you're right. Jeff, <laughs> you could go anywhere, <laughs> Jeff,
3: Yeah, there you go, there you go, Jeff. Wide wide receiver. Mm. We got two. We got two twos, a three, and a five. Mm-hmm. Where's the one? Where's the four? And I'm gonna. You you alluded to this earlier, Jeff. We finished the season. We finished last season with nine offensive linemen on our 53. I forecast or predict, I should say, only four of those guys will be on this year's 53. Okay. I mean, I mean, it's just this this holds all over the place. Uh, you know um,
1: hey I'm with you uh,
3: corner corner let me let me say something about corner and Okuda I I I like Okuda for a couple of reasons one he's good (laughs) (laughs) but secondly I like that size Jeff we're too small at corner
1: yeah well uh, I don't know I mean if you're athletic and you got some ups I mean does it matter really
3: well let me, uh, let, me, let me just – I'm going to say something here. Be, you can spend the time trying to confirm this, but I suggest you not do this. I'm going to guess there's going to be 35 uh, cornerbacks at the combine. I, I really don't know how many. I'm just guessing now. 35 <laughs> cornerbacks at the combine. Okay. Um, I, will, I will predict that no more than two of those guys will weigh less than 180 pounds. You can't play regularly in this league at that weight, Jeff. Not at that position. No. Uh, you were just the you know the the has got Beal at 177 with bad shoulders, and we got Baker at 180. Ballantyne better be ready to play because he's going to get to play. I don't. I just don't think you can get through an NFL season at that at 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 that size at at cornerback. Uh, one one thing on the CBA it's gonna be
1: seventeen now soon. <laughs> You're gonna add so, another yeah. game in there. So. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you, you know I'm um on 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 the CBA. I'm I'm all for uh, adding a team to the playoffs. I like that, but I'm from the old school. If it ain't broke. Um just you know keep it where it is. Yeah, is I'm with you and and just one point one point that h- hasn't been brought up in any discussions, not just on the show but even in the in the papers um and on the sports talk, uh shows um
0: which this is parody, oh,
3: <laughs> the the effect on parody you know uh you keep three, you let the top ten teams keep three more players, and they're stockpiling they're stockpiling. And the bottom 10 don't have access to a bunch of guys who are probably better than guys they're keeping. I don't think the roster needs, I don't think the roster should be increased. I think you stay at 16 games. You want to stay at 53, okay. You know, the bottom line, You could, You we, we play with 35 to 38 guys. hmm I mean, don't we? Well, you're talking about I over mean, the two court quarterbacks two two quarterbacks don't get on the field. Yeah, but
0: but that but Only like anything else. I mean, but you Len.
3: when it up when you add it up, we're we're playing with thirty five. Well, 40 Len guys. Len, I understand yeah. your
0: point that you may not play the forty six guys that have a uniform. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. But you also right. can't predict injuries. All it takes is three guys to go down during the course of a game and now you need the rest of the active rosters so yeah it's like insurance in life okay you have car insurance yeah. right you yeah. have house insurance yeah. Uh, yeah you're not paying it because you hope that you're going to use it it's if something god forbid happens it's the same thing with the roster
3: listen hard to argue with that lance you're absolutely right but the but again the bottom line is we're not using that whole roster i i think you stay at 53 i think it affects parity those top 10 teams are stockpiling players. Well, Len, I, I know it's the bottom of the roster, but if you're the Cincinnati Bengals and, and it's just a two-person increase on the roster, let's just say it's two people on the roster, that's, that's 62 players who you don't have access to on that, on that last cut. And some of those guys are going to be better than what you've got.
0: I think it's a fair point.
3: The strength of the league is parity. That's, that's really all I'm trying to protect. And
0: Len, I'm completely with you. I think you bring up a good point. We'll let you go on that note only because we're running okay, out of time thanks. here. Have but good do good appreciate the phone you call. You as well. I think Len brings up a really good point, Jeff. The parity, I think, is the strength of the NFL. I'm a big believer in it. And, you know, just my own personal opinion, I'm not very fond of this increase in postseason because I actually don't think it's broken like Len. I actually really like it. I like the fact that it's difficult to make the playoffs. I like the fact that about 38% of the NFL teams make the postseason, which if you look at the other professional ranks, I mean, that's pretty much the lowest number. So I I have no problem with the current thing. But like anything else, economics... No question, and money in life dictates yeah. a lot, yeah. yeah, and that I think is a big part of the conversation.
1: And the players, players love it. they are gonna, you know, it gives them a chance to make some extra money. Of course, okay. Um, the other thing I like about, I've been hearing all this kind of stuff, guys, and you know, just I've been a part of the league for so long. So many CBAs that come through it, you know, those guys that sit out the first week of a buy, they don't get paid. You know that they're not getting paid to sit. This new CBA is gonna pay those guys that get buys. That makes sense to me. Then, you know, I'm a big believer in things got to make sense. If I did really good and I don't get to play the first weekend because I did so well, I get to buy. That's worth something. Right. But I'd like to make a little extra money for doing that. Of course. So yeah. should be a th- bonus. But that there is no bonus. They're sitting there, get the practice for a week and watch the other guys play. Which, by the way, the, the playoff money, everybody makes the same. Is there, you know, if you make 15 million dollars or 20 million dollars a year, you're, you're still making the same as the long snapper that guy for playoffs. So that's just the way it is. So I'm a big believer in that too.
0: No, I think another great point, meaning it's distributed equally in terms it's of distributed, the post-season equally, but if you you're to.
1: one of those teams that they're going to go to the two extra teams, they're going to give one conference a buy for the best record. Those two, those two teams are not going to get paid for that first weekend of a buy because they're not playing. Yeah. They're saying they're going to now. So they're going to get a check. Just like everybody else is playing. So now
0: the pie gets divided up with a few more teams is what you're saying. Yep. Yeah. So a lot of conversation that's going to impact the NFL across the board. But I do agree with whether or not this will have an impact on parity because we always have a conversation about how difficult it is, Jeff, to find a starting quarterback right in the NFL. You could argue there's not 32 starting quarterbacks. Teams want to upgrade. So if... It's impossible with 32 teams right now to find starting quarterbacks. Just now apply that logic to trying to find a fourth defensive lineman, a third linebacker. If the depth is not there because yeah. you're now adding more roster spots, you're taking well, away you're from something the away 61 to the pool.
1: other guys that you can't pool from. Correct. Meaning when it point. comes
0: down to cutdown day, yeah. the pool is not as attractive as Correct. it was. Yeah under the old Yeah. In fact, structure. you might
1: have just as just saying you you might have all all 61 of those guys on you you can't get you know you got to go to 63. Yeah, which so,
0: means now the caliber of the talent that you're turning to is lesser right. than you have no what access it was previously. To the other guys, yeah. Len was saying uh, it's a great point. It is a
1: great point. Yeah. It's a good point.
0: Absolutely. And that I'm sure is going to be what we may ultimately see once it comes to the regular season. Big Blue Kickoff Live brought to you by Core's Light Mountain Cold Refreshment, made to chill. Certainly appreciate everybody for tuning in. Thanks to the callers. We'll try to address some tweets off the air. We're going to have a special edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live on Monday. Two very special guests who have Giants ties that Jeff and I will have an opportunity to chat with. So tune in for that on Monday. Then the rest of the week, all of these shows will come from the Combine in Indianapolis. For Jeff Eagles, I'm Lance Meadow. Enjoy your rest of your Friday as well as the weekend. And always stay locked to Giants.com. Have a good one.